Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer at Nurse.org. And on today's show, I wanted to talk about how to be a friend when you're an off-duty nurse. Now, once a nurse, always a nurse, right? Your license is in effect, right? Whether you're a registered nurse, whether you're a licensed practice nurse, maybe you're an advanced practice nurse. You are a nurse 24-7 around the clock, even though you may not be on duty, okay? So technically, you're always a nurse. Now, we also are friends and families of other people that we know and Because we are the most trusted profession, many times people will come to you, they come to us to ask us our advice, our input. What do we think about maybe medications that they're getting started on? Maybe a surgery that's recommended. Maybe they have this weird skin rash thing they want you to look at. Maybe they have a family member that's in the emergency room or is in the hospital and they want your opinion as to is everything going okay? What's going on? And as flattering as that is, as flattering as that is, I want to just insert some words of caution should you decide to do something like that. Now, listen, I do this all the time on television. Uh, From those of you who may not know, I am a medical contributor for NBC for Los Angeles. I've been on tons of national platforms, television shows, radio shows, talking about healthcare issues, um, wellness issues, screening, and things like that. And most of the time when I'm on, not most of the time, all of the times when I'm on, I'm very clear with, I'm providing wellness information. I'm explaining something, but I always make a statement to say, but you know, it's very important that you check with your healthcare provider to see if these things apply to you, to see if any of this may pertain to you, you know, check with your healthcare provider um, to make sure that you've done adequate screening and testing and you've asked these questions. So really I'm empowering people with information so that they can go back to their primary healthcare provider and have a knowledgeable and informed conversation about their care. Nowhere in that am I assuming a nurse patient relationship. And so that's something that's very unique about what I do on television as a medical contributor. I'm sharing information. It is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. It is not to replace healthcare information from your healthcare provider. I am very clear about that when I'm on television or radio and I'm talking about things like that. Or if I'm going to a healthcare event and I'm speaking at a church or a school, I think as nurses, we are great at patient education. People want to hear from us. We often have uh, more detailed information as far as 
uh, and the time to explain to patients rather than the primary health care provider, which both of us should actually be on the same page and reinforcing information that we've both shared. Back to the family friend situation. When you are off duty and you have a friend come to you to ask you for some medical information, advice, uh, recommendations, being a good friend, absolutely acknowledge what your friend's question is. But there are some cautions that you need to take because while you're friends, I also want to say you want to remain friends. And giving medical advice can be a very sticky situation for a variety of reasons. The reason why you're being asked is because you've gone through school, you've gone through training, you passed your NCLEX, you're probably working in the profession, you have tons of certifications. While all that is great, it's very important to understand what your scope of practice is. Now, I've been a nurse for over 24 years, advanced practice nurse since 2007. So it's been some time. As an advanced practice nurse, I am in a position and it is within my scope of practice to provide educational information, to diagnose, to order tests and all of those things. I can do all those things. However, I've not established a nurse-patient relationship with my friend. I am a friend and I need to be a friend. So if my friend has something that's going on, I'm going to take an example. I had a friend whose mother was sick and went to the hospital. Well, she was asking me tons of questions about, you know, my mom is doing this. Um, This is what's happening. We took her to the emergency room. They did this. What do you think about that? She was wanting reassurance that the care that was being provided was adequate and quality care that her mother should be getting so her mother could get better. That's really what she was seeking. So, but in asking me that, if I'm not careful, I could undermine the relationship and trust that my friend has in the hospital and that provider. And I could also worry my friend by giving her information about something that uh, maybe a test that can be done, but isn't always done. But then my friend's looking for that test and it's maybe not necessary. And now they're worrying that, oh my gosh, my mom's not getting all the care they need. Like you provide, you can instill worry. And then, especially if this is not your, your forte, you might give wrong information. That friend of yours could take your wrong and erroneous information and run with it and then bypass care, not take a medicine, not get a surgery because you said X, Y, and Z. So you got to be so careful when you're talking to friends and family about things because it can really be a sticky situation. To get back to nurses, you know, we are very well equipped in an excellent position to provide patient information, patient education, using health literacy, making sure the patients don't really understand what we're saying. And that's important. And while we are able to do that, it's very important to just be mindful of what your scope of practice is and what your experience is. Because while we go to nursing school, we can learn a lot of things. We don't necessarily keep all those things at the top of mind. We don't necessarily know the latest and greatest information the research or the medicines or the treatments for things at the top of mind, unless it's a specialty in which you frequently are looking at data, you're, you know, current with treatments, the standards and things like that. So you want to be careful. Like, for example, I don't know how many people have asked me, Alice, I got this little rash thing and it's on my skin. It looks like it's right here on my, near my elbow. Um, it's been like this and it's been like that. And I'm looking at the rash like, most definitely, I can say it's red, it's raised lesions, fluid fields. Like I can describe it. I can describe 
you know, I can do measurements. I can talk about the border. I can talk about the skin. Some things I can do, I can like check for circulation, you know, both distal and proximal to the area. I can compare it to the other side. And basically I can say, yep, there's a rash. Do I know what's caused it? Absolutely not. Not necessarily. I might, I could t- ask my friend, like, have you been any around any plants or any detergent or, you know, have you, you know, any skin to skin contact with someone? Like I can ask a couple of questions and narrow it down a little bit more, but I am not a dermatologist. I absolutely am not. Do I know what the most appropriate treatment is? Lots of skin creams out there, guys. I don't know if we're going to put hydrocortisone. I don't know if it's Nystatin. I don't know if it's Triamcinolon. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just keep it clean and dry. I don't know if you need to put um, T-cells in shampoo and then rinse it off later. Like, I don't know. That's not my specialty. But what I can say to my friends, like, looks like a skin issue. Definitely want to go see a healthcare provider, especially if they've expressed anything like it's getting bigger, it's getting worse, or you see some pussy, like fluid fields, you know, lesions there, things like that. Like you can prompt, uh, instill some urgency maybe on going to the doctor or being seen and not ignoring it, but diagnosing it or telling them what to put on it. Like, I'm not going to sit there like, oh, just put some aloe vera on it. I don't know. Aloe vera can make that thing worse. But you see, it's my friend. I don't want to steer them wrong. I am very clear about what I know, what I don't know. It's like, girl, I'm so sorry. I don't know skin that much. I, I will say this. You have an airway. You're breathing. You have good capillary refill. Blood pressure is good. You know, ABC, that's fine. But skin, I don't know. So you got some time to get there. But because it's looking bigger, because it's weepy, because of the color of the discharge, I say you go, you probably need to go to the urgent care today, you know, versus uh, waiting till month, some, maybe something that's not as obvious. Maybe it's just small and, you know, just some redness. Like, okay, you could probably wait till Monday if that's the next appointment that they have, your provider has. I might be able to give some of that. And then that is, for the most part, acceptable. But again, you have to be careful because this is your friend. You would hope that your friend would never come back and sue you, right? Like, oh, she's a, she's a nurse practitioner or she's a nurse and this is the advice that she gave me. I don't know what that is. I didn't culture your, I didn't culture your lesions. I don't know what you should take. Maybe you need oral antibiotics and not just a topical cream. Like, I don't know. So that's why you need to go to your healthcare provider. So, you know, directing someone to do that, nothing wrong with that, right? Now, if you go over there telling someone what to put on it, like put some salt and some baby oil and let it air dry for 10 minutes and wash it off with, I don't know, a certain type of shampoo, that's prescriptive. And unless you have prescriptive authorities, you better steer clear, stand down, you know, endorse it to them to go to their healthcare provider because you do not want to give wrong advice. One, because you want the best for your friend, right? You want them to get the quality care that they need, the right treatment. You don't want them to be misdiagnosed. And you also want to empower them and encourage them to see their healthcare provider so that if they're seeing their healthcare provider, this is someone who's legally going to be responsible for assessment, diagnosis, treatment, follow-up, and all of those things. And someone who's going to write this in a chart, right? Whether it's it's electronic, someone who's going to keep records of this for years, someone who's going to order lab tests, cultures, maybe do x-rays, whatever is needed, keep that data on file, be notified of the results, interpret that, and then provide a treatment for that. That's a lot of responsibility. And that's why, and healthcare costs a lot. So you don't want to be giving, putting yourself in a situation where you are operating out of the scope of your practice, where you could possibly be getting this wrong. You could be delaying your friend's treatment and you're doing all this work for free. 
and you don't have any way of documenting this to go back to it to track and trend. So if your friend needs information or wants to go back to say, oh, you know, this happened to me back in, you know, 2023, there's no documentation of that. There's no record of that. What are you going to do? Scratch it on, write it on a speech of scratch paper and then keep it in a notebook? No, like there's no, that's not valid. You don't want to do that. Okay. And again, I can't emphasize enough, make sure it is within your specialty and not that you just have a credential, like, oh, I have a, a bachelor's degree in nursing. And also not that you just have a certification. Please let this be a feel that you are knowledgeable. You have working knowledge in meaning you are still in it. You know it, you know, the benchmarks, you know, the treatments, you're current with the literature because the last thing you want to do is harm your friend by giving them some erroneous advice and especially out of your scope of practice. Now, also something else that you want to be mindful of is that you want to be mindful that you don't upset them and that this doesn't create any arguments because you might notice something, your patient, your friend might ask you a question about their blood pressure. Like, you know, my blood pressure, I've been taking it. It's, you know, 170 over 100 um, the last two days. You want your friend to be safe. Like, listen, that's a high, that's a high, according to the American Heart Association and American College of Cardiology, here's a chart that says what is elevated pressure, blood pressure, stage one, stage two, and so forth. You can give them something like that that's objective for so they can refer to that. You can tell them, you know, having high blood pressure can lead to some unwanted health effects. So it's really important you go to the doctor right away. They're going to start asking you more questions, but don't go around saying, oh, it's a silent killer. You're going to have a stroke. You're going to have a heart attack if you don't get it checked out. Like that could create some friction in your relationship. Now, mind you, what you're saying is not wrong, but the way you deliver it or how you, the t- not just the way you deliver it, but what you have to deliver in that message could disrupt your friendship. So you don't necessarily want to be the bearer of bad news. You don't want your friend to be annoyed with you. And also, because your friend might be like, well, I'm just going to go next week. You don't want to nag your friend. Like, did you go to the doctor yet? Did you go to the doctor? Your blood pressure was so high. Something's going to happen. I don't want you to have a heart attack. Then they're going to consider you a nag and then you're not going to be friends. I know this feels like so wrong to kind of say, but I'm not saying don't educate your friends. I'm not saying don't provide them the information. I'm not saying don't encourage them to go to the doctor or follow up with them. But what I'm saying is, you don't necessarily want to be the bearer of bad news. So getting them referred to their healthcare provider sooner versus later so they can have that objective conversation with a provider is probably what's going to be best to save your relationship that you guys have, your friendship. No one likes to be told that they have a serious medical condition. Um, and let's say this, let's say you it's a one reading that's really high and unbeknownst to you, they were exercised and they were had 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 a whole bunch of five hours drinks, those cellulose or what are those drinks called? Those power, those sports drinks, Celsius or Monster or some type of power sports drink that's full of caffeine. They might've had that, then took the blood pressure. And so you're over here worried like, oh my gosh, you have, you know, this hypertensive urgency, you're going to have an organ system um, failure and da, 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 like all of these things and organ damage da, da, and they, and you didn't get the full picture. Now your friend is worried about something that may not ever happen because you were over the top with it. So they can't get an appointment with their doctor for weeks. So they're worried about stroking out before they get to the doctor. Like you don't want them to be worried about things they don't need to be worried about. No one wants to spend. And also 
No one wants to spend money on a doctor's appointment when there's nothing wrong and it was situationally appropriate. So see, don't do that. Part of some of why that happens, because this is when it's friend or family, our emotions get involved. We become vested in it a lot differently than we would. And because we're vested in it, because we're emotionally in it, we may not see the things that we normally see when we're serving a patient that we don't know. We're very objective. There's no strings attached. We can see everything for what it is objectively. We can have objective conversations. We're not biased by any information that they may have previously told us. But when it's your friend or family, all the bias is there. You know that your friend loves to um, drink five Coca-Colas in a day, not exercise. Like you have pieces of information about them that may skew your interpretation of what it is that they're telling you. Okay. And so you just want to be careful when you're, when that's happening. Also, again, you don't want to give the wrong advice. Okay. Um, you should consider what you're saying. Cause if you make the wrong call, wrong diagnosis, or it could lead to the wrong treatment. And this is hard, especially when people trust us, they trust everything that you're saying. They believe, you know, so much information, which you do know a lot of information, but you don't necessarily know their information, especially if you've not had the opportunity to look at the chart. And maybe you've not asked it all the questions that you need to ask. So like, for example, did you ask well-rounded questions? Did you ask them about their psychosocial? Did you ask them about lab values? Like, did you have concrete data to look at to make an interpretation as to whether this is an appropriate, likely diagnosis? Again, you shouldn't be diagnosing if it's, if it's, you're not established a patient-nurse, advanced practice-nurse relationship. But to err on the friendship side, maybe you believe you're having a casual conversation and you think your friend has a particular medical condition. You could say to your friend, right? Well, you know, these seem to be signs and symptoms of disease process A. I don't think that you have it, but I'm not sure. You should go to a doctor and get it checked out. I want to make sure that, you know, that they look at everything because I don't necessarily have access to all the information or I have, you know, it's not in my scope to diagnose, but I want to make sure you're good. But I believe I've seen something like this before, but, you know, don't quote me on it, but I believe this might be X, Y, and Z. So you have to really protect yourself when you're giving that type of information because you don't want your friend to have poor outcomes, bypass care, because they went with what you said because they trust you. You also want them to just get connected with a healthcare provider so they get the information they need and so you don't get sued. Who knows? You guys, you and a friend might fall out over some erroneous information and then they come back around and they sue you. They sue you um, because they said that you were giving inappropriate or incorrect medical information and advice. Um, and while this is more of a concern for physicians than it is nurses, virtually anyone can be named in a lawsuit these days. Just because you're not at work does not mean that you are safe, okay? So you got to be careful with that. So at least on the job, you are partially protected from litigation by your hospital's insurance plan. But, you know, your hospital has attorneys on staff to handle these matters. When you're off the clock and you're doing this with your friend or family, just, you know, to help them out a little bit, they can still come after you. They definitely can still come after you. So your decision on whether to be a friend, when you're off duty is ultimately yours and the responsibility lies in your hands. I get it. It's your friend. You want to give them some advice or some information as to what's going on. You don't want them to feel like you're not heard. You know, they trust in you enough to ask you, you want to be able to fulfill their request. 
right? That's going to make you a good friend or just make you feel like a good friend. But you got to be careful about that. And then also to kind of spare the relationship, really don't be offering unsolicited advice because no, no, I ask you. Unless it's life or death and you think that's something you got a piece of information to share that's really going to make a difference in life or death situation, that would be a time when you say something. But maybe you don't offer unsolicited advice because maybe they don't want to listen to your advice. Maybe they don't believe that you know everything you need to do. So that can actually make you feel offended. And boy, ain't the tides turn there, right? So all in all, when you have a friend or family who's going through something and they're asking for advice, listen to them carefully and find out what it is that they really want to know. So in the case of my friend whose mother was in the hospital, she was just really looking for validation because I've worked in the emergency room. I've taken care of people with strokes. She was basically asking me questions to see if the things that her mom received, the medications and treatment, is this aligned with what standard care is for people who've had strokes. That's really what she wanted to hear, especially since her mother had gone to a small community hospital. We know that sometimes small community hospitals can cut corners or don't have the resources or supplies that are needed. She also asked me some other questions about, you know, what should she do from here? Should her mom stay in the hospital? Should she go to rehab? Like you're getting asked other follow-up questions. And again, unless you are the provider, I would steer clear of giving any detailed advice. (sighs) I know that's hard. You want them to have information. You can give them some tools and some information, things to look up, things to ask their provider, but please, by all means, encourage them to go to the provider, you know, to not just stop, let the buck does not stop with you and your informal telephone consult with your friend, but you want them to, you want a provider to look at the patient objectively and look at other things that you may not have looked at. Okay. So that's really, really important. So you're going to have to find ways to say no to your friend. and. What I've learned is when people have asked me for medical advice, I've said, you know, that's a really great question. Um, depending on what the topic is, I may say, you know what, I don't have all of the information here, but based on what you've shared with me, this sounds like something that can be a nuisance. It's not life-threatening, but it's a nuisance. I would definitely uh, go to an urgent care, depending on how it's bothering you, or go to your primary care and make an appointment for it. Or if it's something that looks, you know, dangerous. Perhaps the patient, your friend is saying, oh, you know, I'm having a lot of chest pain, but I think it's indigestion. But you know, they have diabetes and hypertension. You may then prompt them to say, you know what, you might want, perhaps you want to go to the emergency room. I mean, I'm not saying that anything's wrong, that's not manageable at home, but I'd rather you err on the side of safety. And, you know, as a nurse, I've seen people with diabetes or hypertension have a heart attack and they not really feel other symptoms. So I really, you know, I really care about you. I want you to go get checked out but I'm not diagnosing and I'm not providing medication treatment. The problem falls when a provider provides a prescription or doesn't give a prescription. And then you as the friend start giving unsolicited advice, you're going to undermine the relationship between the patient and the provider. So talk to your friend about some suggestions, some tools, give them some information, offer to be an advocate at those meetings or on the call if you like, but please you are off duty at the hospital. You should not be giving any medical advice to anyone. You should not be looking at the pictures that somebody airdropped you. Like, what is this? My cousin has this on his back. What is this? Like, you are not to be studying pictures of rashes, um, discussing intimate things with your friend about their care when you are not their provider. Okay. And here's another thing. We know all the times we've had to explain something to a, a particular provider. They couldn't help us. We had to go somewhere else and ask someone else. Nobody wants to go through all that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So 
it's important for you to learn how to say no or no thank you or not at this time or just to offer and say, you know what, I'm familiar with this, but I think you're going to be better off going to a healthcare provider because you're going to need probably need some more workup and I'm not able to give you that workup. Or you can also say, you know, I'm not an advanced practice nurse. I'm not a nurse practitioner, not a nurse midwife, but I believe that this may look like disease process ABC. So I, I would feel more comfortable if you got checked out. So could you can you do that? And you can talk the person into doing that. But you yourself should not be diagnosing your friend or your family member when they are sick. You're not being mean. You're not being rude. You're not being a butthead. It's not in your scope to do so. So protect yourself, protect your license, protect the patient by doing the right thing and getting them connected and reinforcing and fostering a relationship between the primary healthcare provider and your friend, which is the patient. Uh, And again, you can be there as a resource if you want to make sure that your friend is asking the questions you ask them to ask so they can get the care that they want. That's one thing. But to act like you don't know what's happening, um, you're not really familiar with what it is and you've not ordered any tests or blood works and the results are going to come back to you, then you need to make sure that you provide this information in an inspirational way that encourages them to go to their healthcare provider. You are an off-duty nurse. You are a friend. Your job is to be a friend. Listen, listen, listen to your friend. Be there for them. Um, Hug them. Now, my friend whose mother had a stroke ultimately died of a stroke, but I do believe that there was a period of time where my friend was upset with me because I was giving her information about, oh, well, this might happen. This might happen. This might happen. Poor thing. She got worried. And so she just didn't want to hear it anymore. So, you know, I think it's a catch 22. You have to be very careful, respectful of who you're talking to, what you're saying, how much you're saying when it is not in your scope of practice. There's no nurse patient relationship. And especially if you're not licensed in the state in which the person is. So I'm licensed in California, Michigan, and New York. If I'm giving medical information to someone outside of that, outside of my territory as an advanced practice nurse, I could be in trouble. I could be in trouble for some things. Now, mind you, usually if they're your friend and it's all cool, no one's going to say something. But if it's not, then that's something that I do to make sure that they're taken care of and they're not being steer cleared. I hope that helps, guys. I'm Nurse Alice. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Also, shout out to nurse.org for also being a friend and supporter of nursing. They have a great website. Please make sure to visit that at nurse.org. Also follow them on social media at nurse underscore org. They're great. And then also follow me, Ask Nurse Alice. I'm on all social media platforms. And hey, please, if you have the opportunity, leave us a rating review. We'd love to know what you think about the podcast. Matter of fact, if you'd like to know more about the podcast, maybe you have a comment, a question, you want to recommend a guest, well, you can contact us at 725-910-9676. Or you can email me at nursealice at nurse.org. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Uh, Until next time, guys, please make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.